0: This is Terry Hanraddy, quarterback from the Super Bowl champion Pittsburgh Steelers and also quarterback for the Fighting Irish of
1: University of Notre Dame.
0: Welcome to the first annual NFL roundtable discussion by members of the Sports History Network as they take a look back to the NFL 2023 season. Take it away, gentlemen.
2: Welcome to the Sports History Network and a special edition of the first ever roundtable podcast where we will be reviewing the just concluded 2023 NFL season. I'm Harv Aronson. and joining me this evening are five distinguished members of the Sports History Network who have a podcast on the network and then we also have on hand two more special guests. Joining me at the table this evening are the founder of Sports History Network, Arnie Chapman and fellow podcasters Darren Hayes, one of the senior members of SHN. Jeremy McFarland, Bob Swix, Joe Ziemba, and a man we hope one day will join our network, Kyle Richards. Kyle has an impressive sports website called Abstract Sports, and he's the designer of my logo and the banner for my podcast, Total Sports Recall. Our special featured guest is a man that our roundtable members did not know was coming to this podcast until tonight, and he played for two Super Bowl championship teams with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was a great punter, has two sons that became long-tenured, fine punters in the NFL, our featured guest is Craig Colquitt, who played his college football at the University of Tennessee, as did his two punting sons, Dustin and Britton. Gentlemen, I would like to welcome you to the table. It's an honor to have all of you, well accomplished gentlemen, to this discussion about the now finished 2023 NFL season. I'd like to begin the podcast by going around the table and have you introduce yourself. Give us the name and a brief description of your podcast, one NFL team you cheer for. For Kyle and Craig, Cal, you can tell us about abstract sports. And as for you, Craig, you are free to introduce yourself as you see fit. This is how I run the discussion tonight. When we have a topic, I'll simply call your name out and then you can respond to the topic. We'll begin with the introductions and what better way to get started than to allow Arnie Chapman to go first as he's responsible for this great network network that we're a part of. So go for it, Mr. Detroit.
3: (laughs) You kind of gave it away, man. Yes, Detroit Lions fan here uh a number one we're gonna win the super bowl next year right that's how we're we're expecting it in these neck of the woods jeremy says yeah maybe not um so yes yeah, sports history network uh host of the <laughs> football history dude and fantasy football origin stories
2: all right let's go to darren hayes one of our senior members
3: hi uh
0: pigskin dispatch uh, podcast and the sports jersey dispatch podcast uh i'm in uh, erie pennsylvania and uh Yep. Love football and love the Steelers.
2: Steelers. Jerry, Jeremy McFarlane, you're next on the table here.
4: I'm here in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee. I'm the host of the Football's Family Podcast. And, again, if you want to come on and, and join us talking about your football, just send me a message and I will put you on. And it's uh, it's Titans Two-Tone Blue here.
2: Bob Swick, you're up, Bob.
5: I'm Bob Swick from Southport, North Carolina. I'm a Green Bay Packers shareholder and fan all my life. I publish Gridiron Greats Magazine. You can check our website out at gridirongreatsmagazine.com. I also have Gridiron Greats, the podcast, here on the Sports History Network.
1: Kyle, give us what you got. Hey, everybody. My name is Kyle Clay Richards. I'm the owner and manager of abstractsports.com, where I curate content that talks about sports and the more human aspect of things. Things like leadership and attitude and confidence—things that carry over to real life. Um, so that's just me in a little nutshell.
2: And we finish up with our very
6: own Pittsburgh Steelers punter Craig Colquitt. Hey, I'm just glad to be on. And y'all sound so sophisticated. I'm out of I'm outclassed. <laughs> all over the country, this is great.
2: Well, well I'm the living- following
6: topics. Yeah, go ahead, Craig. I'm in Lebanon, Tennessee, it's 27 miles east of Nashville, Tennessee, and um, selling my house, going back to Knoxville, Tennessee. My son Dustin coaching at Tennessee, and he has five of my nine grandbabies. So four of those boys, so I've got my hands full.
2: Well, so for the following topics we're going to discuss, guys, i hey, will hey, go hard, around the hold table on just a around second. The horn, so to speak. You didn't, you didn't get Joe yet. Oh, I'm sorry, Joe. Oh, my gosh. Joe Ziamba, please.
7: Oh, thank story. you so much, Harv. Yeah, this is Joe Ziamba uh, from the Chicago area. I actually have dual allegiances. I love everything about the Cardinals before 1960, especially without face masks, but living at home. I have the Chicago Bears as an allegiance, although I'm told I'm not fit to be in the same room with human beings when the Bears are blowing a fourth quarter lead. My podcast is called When Football Was Football. It covers everything about football in Chicago, primarily the Bears and the Cardinals back when they were both in the same city.
2: So, guys, the following topics we're going to discuss, I'll go around the horn here, so to speak, and get your responses individually. But that does not mean you cannot interrupt. And like I said, you can make an additional comments if you want. Let's get the ball rolling with the obvious. What did you make of yesterday's Super Bowl? I actually thought it was going to be a shootout. It was not the case. It went into overtime. Let's start with uh, our uh, president of our Sports History Network. Arnie, your thoughts on the game?
3: I I, I enjoyed the game myself. I didn't go into it thinking it was going to be a blowout. I told everybody i talked to well you can't really bet against mahomes and any kind of super bowl aspect and everything like that but i did root for the 49ers because you know even though they beat my lions i wanted to see someone else win mccaffrey get a chance i don't want him to turn into the uh barry sanders kind of thing so not just for players themselves but i wanted to uh just see if you know i as as a lions fan you don't ever want to see the guys that are always winning all the time but as far as the uh Game itself, I I know a lot of people complain about the low scoring. I thought it was a good little chess match back and forth. There were some mistakes and all that type of thing. But at the end of the day, I thought it was a very good Super Bowl.
2: Aaron, what do you think? We wished it would have been the Steelers, but it wasn't. So uh what are your thoughts on it, Darren?
0: Well, I got everything I wished for. I wanted a good game, and God, when you get an extra session, you can't ask for anything more than that. And it came down to you know the last seconds of an extra session of football. And you got every minute uh, worth that we, we could out of that season. So I'm appreciative of it. And I didn't really have a rooting interest in either one. And I love good defense. And there's a lot of that in that game.
2: All right. We'll go back to the man. I almost forgot. Joe, what do you think?
0: I just
7: found the game to be really a little dull the first quarter. We had no points. Looks like neither offense could get going. But man, what an exciting finish in the overtime. And as Darren said, you couldn't ask for anything more, especially when you have fourth and one or third and long uh, late in the game or in the overtime and you go for it. And you think of the chess match that was was just mentioned about what could have gone wrong on either side to really turn the outcome around. And so I think both teams did well. Neither should hang their heads down, uh, especially San Francisco. I enjoyed the game as it turned out. And it was interesting, all the distractions. I'm wondering if anyone has heard what the television viewership was for this one with all the extracurricular excitement going on. Uh,
2: I don't know about the numbers. I don't know if anybody else knew about them, but uh, I know there was too much Taylor Swift on television. That's for sure. (laughs) I think we were counting. We were counting how many times. I think we stopped at like 12 or 13, Ooh. something
7: like
4: that. <laughs> so, I don't know. Hey, Jeremy, what do you think? I know I made my daughters really mad when I said no more Taylor Swift. I I look at it like this. Um, you have two teams that are going to be in the mix for the next three or four years. The problem with the 49ers is that Brock Purdy is going to be a $50 million man pretty soon if he does what he does. So, they're going to be in some – salary cap uh problems coming up i didn't really enjoy the game and i think part of it was the usher halftime thing it was not what i thought it was a little disappointed the end of
5: it was pretty good though
2: bob what do you what you calling the game there bob
5: i i I love andy Reid as a coach i think he's just so uh for lack of better term surprising everyone at any time with what he calls as far as plays are concerned He he had a gutsy overtime call there at the end, won the game, great coach, they got a good team, and uh, I'm happy for him.
1: Kyle? Yeah, I mean, I I, I didn't really say in my intro, but I don't have really an allegiance to any one team. If I do, it's the Eagles. And so I'm a big basketball guy. I'm I'm a player guy. Um, And so I think what I gravitated to from the Super Bowl was the Mr. Irrelevant storyline. I think that one had a lot of um, merit to it. Um, it also kind of speaks to that that grit and that grind. If you're an underdog, you just got to try and do your best. And, and you know, uh, Brock Purdy did that, made it to the Super Bowl with the team that he finished the season off pretty well with last year um, and proved that he belongs where he is. Mr. Irrelevant doesn't mean much to him. He's like, whatever, I'm just going to go and try to get the Super Bowl. So that was the storyline I was following. Um, but I, I thought overall it was a great game, got a slow start, nice, slow build um, for a strong finish at the end there. And we finish up with a gentleman that was
2: actually into Super Bowls. He got to play in them. Now, what do you think, Craig?
6: Spagnolu. Am I saying his name right? Defensive coordinator for Chiefs. For, for president. And, you know, <laughs> he's got four Super Bowl runs. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, he just had a, an amazing game, actually. So as a coach, and Andy Reid, too, uh, I thought it was a lot of fun to watch. I. Really is, am a Purdy fan, anybody that's irrelevant and in the Super Bowl. It's it been fun to see him have the winning opportunity, but but it is what it is. Mahomes, uh, the, the Seth Curry of the NFL. So and I'll tell you,
2: it shows you how much a game is a football, a football is a game of inches because one missed extra point And that game would not have been in overtime. Amazing. I'm yeah. just thinking to myself today. I wonder if that poor kicker is getting crucified for that missed extra point. You know, sort of like the Buffalo kicker that missed that field goal back in the day in the Super Bowl.
3: <laughs> yeah, you break a Super Bowl record, but then you miss an extra point. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
2: Good <laughs> call. Yeah, it gives and it takes. Yes. <laughs> and for our listeners that uh, obviously can't see our chats, uh, Jeremy pointed out 126.6 million viewers, mm-hmm. according to Next TV. That's some big numbers.
3: So, I'll ask you this, Craig. So, it seems how you've been in multiple and different worlds. We get that compared to nowadays with all the hoopla and such. But, from a player's perspective, what, what do you think about the whole the NFL leaning into, we'll just say the Swift thing and bringing in new fans and that kind of deal?
6: I'm 69 years old, so I've probably got five more years of football. I that long. You know, so you got to bring in young people. I mean, the NFL is trying to be all over the world, uh, and it's it's kind of for podcast. If you think about it, it's because kind of when the ship when the sea rises, all the ships when the tide comes in, all the ships rise. So yeah, I mean, how many conversations has there been about Taylor Swift? I mean, she's a phenom. I mean, I, I don't know anything about her music. I've listened to it, but. Uh, the NFL's aggressive, and they're going to try to f- fill the stands and fill the airways. So, um, I'm behind it because it helps my son's retirement.
2: <laughs> and, and now word comes that the opening game for Philadelphia next year is going to be – next season going to be in Brazil. And the word is, Darren, I hear the Steelers might be the team they're going to play. Really? Wow. Yep. So they're, But they're definitely – you've already booked Brazil for the, for the opening game for Philadelphia. So we're talking about worldwide stuff. Um, I think okay. Bob and I were talking about that one day, right?
5: Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that, you know, this whole internationalization of the game um, is tough for football purists like myself and the older generation who watch games. Uh, I made a comment yesterday. This was my 58th Super Bowl I watched now. Uh, so I'm saying to myself, what an evolution of the game to see where it's gone, and I'm more concerned trying to watch the game. I could care less about what else is going on, but again, the NFL is a great marketed league. It is gaining in a lot of new people. I agree with Craig. Us older guys, you know, you know, how many years we're going to watch it. You know, we're not the future of the league. The young people are the future of the league, and, and that's what they're going for, so I could see that.
2: What I want to go to next is let's find out what you thought of your favorite team season and what their outlook for twenty twenty four is. We'll start with
3: Arnie and the Detroit Lions, <laughs> the twenty twenty five Super Bowl champs. Is what you're saying? Is that <laughs> I have? I do. I should have brought it down, but if you look up in that corner, there is the Delorean. I've already gone to the future and I've already figured this out. So, <laughs> yes, we uh, we will be bringing home that gold. I so. Everyone looks to the call that he made or didn't make when it comes to this field goal thing and the NFC championship and how they blew this big lead, which they shouldn't have done. In um, that short, acute moment of the whole NFL and my whole career of being a Lions fan, that was a very bummer moment. But when I look at it from a lens and I zoom out... I can't, as a true, if you're a true Lions fan, you cannot complain with what happened this season because of what you've dealt with for the past 30 some odd years or whatever you want to call it for my life and my dad's the whole 60 years. So I think the trajectory, the way they built the team through the draft, within looking for culture players more so than players with maybe stats and accolades, they've set themselves up for future success long term, not just for this particular season that we got way farther than we ever should have, quite frankly, when you look at it on paper. So, um, if that's a way for me to say I'm excited or I, I'm happy with the way the outcome went, well, I got to tell you, I was pulling for Detroit because I wanted to see him make the Super
2: Bowl since they are only one of four teams that have not made it yet Detroit, Jacksonville, our favorite team, Cleveland Browns, and, and the Houston Texans. Those four teams have never seen the Super Bowl. So we'll see. Well, uh, we're, we're the new
3: America's team, Harv. You either love us or you like us. I mean, there's no hate involved. <laughs> Come on. Did you replace replaced Dallas, you're saying? No, because Dallas is America' American team. You loved them or you hate them. We're the, you love them or you like them. Yeah,
2: yeah. You're easy, easy team to like. What do you think, Darren, about the Steelers? Well,
0: I, I think they got to get more consistent in the beginning and the middle of the season. They can't have like they've had the last two years and go on these runs at the end of the season. And it's all hinges on the offense. They got to get some consistency there. Uh, you know, quarterback position. I think uh, the, the line up the middle has got to, Get a little bit more stout and uh, you know more consistent on snaps when they're in shotgun, and hopefully they're going to deal with some of that in the draft and uh, maybe free agency a little bit.
2: Yeah, yeah, and what I got to get your take on the quarterback situation because I, I'm telling you, I, I, watching Twitter, it's just everybody wants to trade and get somebody else in there, I, and they want to Kenny Pickett to be number one. But I'm a Mason Rudolph guy. I mean, this guy proved himself, I and mean, he's just gotten the short end of the stick. And I think he deserves to be the starting quarterback or at least have a shot at it next season. Now I hear he wants a fresh start. So I'd hate to see him go.
0: Yeah, I think I've heard that same thing. And I can't blame him because he really hasn't got a a good opportunity to be the starter. It's either by injury with Roethlisberger or the chaos they had this year and uh, you know, sort of by default. I was glad to see he got to start when everybody was healthy in the playoff game. And he didn't play a bad game just no. to, to against a hot team and uh, mm-hmm. you know, in a snowstorm or recovery of a snowstorm and, and that said he was was behind the bills but yeah i, I but I think he's going to probably go on to someplace else where he has a better chance of starting because you, I think the writings on the wall that you know pickett's a number one pick and they're going to give him every chance they can to be a starter this year
2: yeah, it'll be interesting. Joe, I know you're a Cardinals uh, history buff, but I understand from what you told me you were going to talk about Chicago Bears tonight.
7: Yeah, thank you. Uh, the Bears, uh, an an unusual season, uh, kind of a slow start. The quarterback got hurt then they came on strong. They found out ways to lose games in the fourth quarter, especially that one up in Michigan. I can't remember the name
3: of that team. But that one hurt. Hey, they got some revenge in Soldier Field, too, though. (laughs) They did hurt our number one seed. So it
7: was, in a way, an exciting season because the team was so very unpredictable. They picked up a great, great defensive end in Montez Sweat midway through the season who really helped the defense. I think the defense is really coming around now. Uh, They can pick up a couple of people there to help uh, solidify that. And offensively, of course, what do the Bears do with the number one choice? Which was the same question last year. And uh, traded away, got a great receiver from Carolina and the number one choice this year. And plus they have number nine. And so that's the question. Do you stay with Justin Fields, who I like? Uh, I think he's still got a lot of potential, holds on to the ball a little too long, perhaps. Or do you go for who everyone thinks is going to be the number one pick and that quarterback from Southern Kel? So... No one is letting on from the Bears' headquarters what they're really thinking. So the speculation is just going nuts. Everything you read, uh, everything you want to know, we're just not hearing anything. So I guess one of my suggestions, although no one's going to listen to me, would be to keep that pick. Not No, keep that pick. Trade the pick. Get another first rounder. And maybe do some surprises in the draft. For example, if they go second or third maybe uh, Harrison is available receiver. I like Joe Alt, the big tackle from Notre Dame would certainly would pick up that offensive line. So there's so many ways the team can go to improve, but overall the season
2: disappointing
7: in terms of number of wins, but exciting and optimistic, I think for the future with the way they're going.
2: Well, I'm telling you Justin Fields is like the hot topic among Steeler fans on Twitter. That's who they want. And I don't, I'm sorry. I, I don't want Justin Fields you can keep him there in Chicago. You look at all the different
7: teams he's been linked to in the last week. It's amazing, you know, the Patriots and the Commanders and the Steelers I saw, Seattle even. Uh, everyone's saying oh, they would
2: people the writers us guys saying,
7: they're going to trade for Justin Fields. So, we'll have well, to see what supposedly he I,
2: I saw something today that Mike Tomlin loves Justin Fields from what I from what I read, so we'll see. But let's move on to Jeremy and those Tennessee Titans. I don't know if I want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, Ray Tannehill is another name that's talking about coming to Pittsburgh.
4: Yeah, I heard about that. Uh, from last year, the end of the game, end of the year, uh, where we had to give, get the, the pastor not, uh Josh Dobbs to play quarterback for us to now losing our coach, which I was iffy about, but I kind of like Callahan too, so we'll see it. Uh, the Titans' offensive line couldn't stop a nosebleed. Their defense were were racked by injuries, and they got rid of probably one of their better players. And and uh, you know, to to Philadelphia, um, this year, you know, we get a high draft pick. Well, what do you do? You probably go offensive line because uh, Will Levis is going to die if he has to do this again. Uh, our running back is probably gone because I imagine that he would want to spend the last couple of years of his career playing for a Super Bowl. Uh, we had a couple of years where we should have won or at least been in the Super Bowl. And we gave up against the Chiefs one year and against the Bengals one year as well. We're all that. So I, I don't know. Nashville has to put together a well, Titans have to put together a team because we're getting a new stadium in about three years. And it's kind of hard to put a stadium together and, and get people to spell spend money on the PSLs if you don't have a team to watch. Uh A.J. Brown, get rid of him. And that's still – that's why J. Rob lost his job a couple of years ago. I think we're building a decent culture, but it's got to be destroyed. you got to go back to the foundation to build it back up again. Well, for those of you who
2: don't know, Bob Swick, I believe, Bob, you are a shareholder of the Green Bay Packers, aren't you? You're next.
5: correct. Um, I am a shareholder of the Packers, lifelong friend, um, fan of the Packers. And um, what's not to love about love, Jordan Love? Uh you know, seeing him out out there, the one thing I like about him, he's very, very composed on the field. He's not excitable on the field. Uh, if something happens, you know, he's not throwing his helmet down. He's not freaking out or anything like that. Very calm. But the one thing that I think the fans are going to get tired of is we don't want to see him uh, come into a championship game or any type of playoff games. And, oh, we almost were there. And we lost, and, and that's it. He had a good run this year. Uh, there were a couple games they should have won. Uh, Arne, the Detroit game was uh, a shock to me, uh, you know, then, them beating them there. Uh, they were so close in San Francisco. They need a couple keys, though. They need, they need a couple extra guys uh, on the offensive line. They need a couple more receivers. It, it's, it's a classic example. You need that one player who can put them over the top. And then they'll be over over on the top. And, and that's what it's going to be all about. Uh, but they have a good future with Jordan Love. They, they did it the right way. He was tutored. He wasn't rushed in like a, a Panthers, Bryce Young, who, you know, basically went out there every week and he was just lost out there. I mean, he didn't improve the whole season. Love had a great, great year, in my opinion. They did well, did good in San Francisco. In my opinion, they should have won the game. Simple as that. You know, there's no room for second, second uh, best. And the other point I got I to comment on, the poor kicking that we saw in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl is astounding to me. That one of the most important positions on a team, it seems like we're, we're doing the rent-a-kicker again. Uh, you know, okay, you're cheap enough, we'll buy you. So you're going to miss a few uh, point-afters. Point you're going to miss a few field goals. Uh, but, you know, when they, when they when the game counts and you miss then, what do you do then? Oh, at least we saved money. We're under the cap, you know, that type of thing. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because, again, Bills, 49ers, Packers, all examples, miss missed field goals, missed point after touchdowns. You can't have that in, in a big game. You just can't. No. Not.
2: I agree with you. And, Kyle, you're out there in the West. Uh, you really don't – you're not too close to any teams. Uh, I don't think you have any loyalties, do you?
1: no i don't not really uh i'm out here in idaho i think the closest stadium from me would be denver um and i gotta say uh jeremy i was actually at the game in denver when the titans were playing there my brother and one of my good friends are both titans fans and um i'm sort of a by proxy titan fan that way too because i watched that super bowl loss back in 2000 or 2001 whatever it was be careful carl it's a sickness (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I was at that game that that they that Ryan Tannehill got put in over Marcus Mariota and it was a a changing thing for that team Um, but yeah so Denver's the closest uh, I am to any teams Um, like I was saying I'm probably more of an Eagles fan just by proxy my wife lives out or not lives she is from the Philadelphia area she lives in or is from New Jersey Uh, and so I I root for the Eagles I guess now I've been more of a player guy. I liked receivers like Jerry Rice and Randy Moss and things like that. so I switched around too much as a kid. So for the Eagles, if I have to talk about a team, I'll pick the Eagles. you know a, a championship contender last year obviously uh this year started out really strong, went ten and one, and then they fired their defensive coordinator and i I'd love to know the reason for that. I haven't really read into that or anything like that, but um it seems that as soon as that happened, they tanked. Uh, they went from ten and one to eleven and six. Um, just really disappointing end of the season. Uh, and so I think their offseason pickups are going to have to be crucial. Um, I know they picked up this guy, Clint hurt, who's been with the Seahawks on the defensive line. I think that's going to be a big pickup for them because their defense is really where they were struggling and Seahawks being a historically, you know, at least as of late, a pretty strong defensive team. I think it'd be great to have some, some improvements coming from them to the, to the birds, but, um, Yeah. Again, disappointing season. I think, I I don't know what it is. Jalen hurts. I love his composure. I think he's got a ton of composure. I just, I think there needs to be a little bit more fire, a little more personality coming from him Um, being the leader of that team. He goes to the bench all the time, putting his head down, just kind of, or not head down, but he's not really interacting with anybody. Not, not, not showing any leadership that I think needs to be shown on that bench when they're struggling. It's always Jason Kelly, Jason Kelsey coming down, down the bench and, and like yelling and getting and putting fire underneath the guys. And so I think if Jalen Hurts can do that from the quarterback position, I think that can provide some boost for them. But um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting year. I mean, it's not, not necessarily a rebuilding year, but um, they got some coaching rebuilding they've got going on. It's going to be a, a big difference next year for sure. Hey Kyle, tell them, tell them about your, the number on your Eagles jersey and what's that for? They don't know. Yeah, that's right. So when Harv had me on the show uh, for, for an episode, I uh, was wearing a Philadelphia Eagles jersey that my father-in-law had made for me last Christmas. And it's got the number 24 on it with the name Bryant. Um, I don't know if those those things ring any bells, but um, I'm a big Lakers fan. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm wearing the Lakers purple and gold right now, but uh, Kobe grew up in Philly and I'm a big Lakers fan. And so he made a Eagles jersey for me with Kobe Bryant on it, which was pretty sweet. So it's my way of blending in as an Eagle fan, I guess. When I go to sporting events, <laughs> I can put on the Eagles jersey. It's like, yeah, I know football, but really, this is a this is a basketball player. Uh, yeah, it's pretty fun.
2: Yeah, if you guys don't know, Kyle's a huge basketball fan, and he came on and talked some basketball with me on one of my podcasts. We're going to finish up this this topic with Craig Colquitt, and I know you're going to talk about Steelers, right, Craig? <laughs>
6: uh, you know, listening to all your comments, I'm I'm really enjoying hearing in your all's perspective, but I think I was telling you, hard. This is my second year finally enjoying watching football because my sons are not playing. You know, and uh, because when literally when they both were playing, I had direct TV, and I can switch from Dustin punting and watched Britain punt. It was it was amazing, but uh, I'm not as analytical as you all are, uh, but uh, everything you're saying, I've watched the teams and I'm, and I'm watching and enjoying it now for the first time in a long time. So uh, I am a Titan fan. It's been pretty tough, Jeremy, as you know. Uh, you know, I, uh, I think Tennessee needs a scat back. I mean, I respect Derek, uh Henry, but uh, – Spinola is that his name with the Kansas City Chiefs? To me, that's the quarter, that's the running back, the Barry Sanders type, uh, running backer. Uh, so I'm kind of in transition. I'm I'm into every football team now, you know, even college. So uh, that's my perspective. I, I'm enjoying listening. You something about Craig
2: Culquay. You guys might not know he has not only written a book, and I think it was a child's book, right, Craig? Yes. And he's an extremely talented artist. If you guys could see his art, it's unbelievable. He's a fantastic well, artist. Thank Very you. Hard. Thanks for sale. Tell so the
3: listener of the show they should go to CraigColquitt.com, and then they can go see some of his work, right? Well, I don't have my website up yet. so The website's up right now. I'm looking at it. Well, it's not functional. i would ask the guy to take that down. So, no, I'm, Oh, I'm sorry. Actually... C- cancel that out. <laughs> cancel it out. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's got all the lorem oopsum stuff. It's all the – yeah, speaking different languages. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right, panel. Here's the next one for you. What were the biggest surprises of the 2023 season, in your
3: opinion? We'll start again with Arnie. Um besides the fact that the Lions were in the NFC championship game. um, I guess one thing is it just seemed like this year, more so than any, there was the whole parody of you just never know what team, at what point something's going to happen. To Kyle's point earlier, I think it was, like the Eagles going 10-1 and or whatever it was to 11-7 and or 6 or whatever the record would be is just there was a lot of difference and a lot of backup quarterbacks, a lot of major injuries, in a year where we're supposedly getting better from a safety perspective. Don't know if there's any correlation or whatever it may be to anything else. The whole, you can't hit each other in practice anymore or any of that type of stuff. But it just seemed like that was a big thing. Cause I play a lot of fantasy football. So as a fantasy football player, you're always trying to figure out, well, okay, well who's going to be my quarterback this week. Who's going to be my running back that week and that type of thing. So I just, yeah, from the surprise perspective, of course, NFC championship lions being in it would be my number one.
2: I think the the Lions were definitely a surprise, but I knew they had a good team, so it wasn't too much of a surprise. I think the Houston Texans were a bigger surprise. Um, They just had an amazing season, and you're talking about injuries. Yeah, uh, Darren's going to be next, and he can attest to it, too. The Steelers just had so many injuries, and they got so banged up. That definitely hurt some of us, some of our games. Right, Darren?
0: yeah it's a, a first man up or next man up uh, mentality for the whole NFL. I think everybody had their share of injuries. It's a rough game. you got uh some gargantuan men uh hitting each other like uh you know the speed of trucks crashing into each other so you're going to have some some injuries. You just gotta have the wherewithal and have the talent behind uh the starters to to be able to handle that but I, you know I think my the biggest surprise to me. Is that and I'm sorry, Kyle. It's your your play in Philadelphia, the brotherly shove or the uh, tush push. I'm surprised that the NFL is still has that legal. I mean, it's they forget a hundred years ago or more. And the football got rid of having these mass momentum plays where people are in close contact and you know chain blocking and everything else. You call somebody's going to get hurt, and that's I hope to God they they change it before something happens like that and it could be an offensive lineman a defense lineman or a quarterback or whoever because there's a lot of bodies going in on that play and it's not it's not good football it's not and uh, i hope they do away with that and I'm, i'm surprised they haven't already
2: joe what do you think biggest surprise for you
0: yeah i hate to admit it but two of the
7: opponents up there in the north green bay and detroit did surprise me this year I thought the Bears might be improved enough to finally make an impact, but the Lions, and you could see it building the last couple of years, really came out and uh, had a great team. Another surprise uh, from around the league is the Eagles. When I saw them the first couple of weeks, I thought, wow, these guys are really good. It's going to be tough to stop them. Look like Kansas City is done for the year. Uh, They had a, a few losses. And then, of course, the Cowboys. Maybe this is an annual required swoon that they didn't go farther. So, so that was, was interesting. And, you know, we were talking about the injuries that came up, and a quarterback that was mentioned earlier, Dobbs, and he was then with the Cardinals, got a chance to play, did really well, was a local hero. Then all of a sudden he got shipped to Minnesota, had two or three great games. Uh, another Another example where he was a local hero. And then all of a sudden, a bad game, he's on the bench. We may never hear of him again, but that's life in the NFL is having the guys who make a splash, but maybe that wave's not big enough to keep them going after that. So those are the surprises I saw this year.
2: Jeremy, were you surprised by your team's
4: results? Is that your surprise? I'm not surprised by them. I kind of saw it. Nothing really drastic happened. For them, uh, my biggest surprise is, and I'm not happy with this, the Colts, with Anthony Richardson, and, and you know, with C.J. Stroud with the Texans, they are really, really good. And now the Titans have to play them twice in a year. You add Trevor Lawrence, and he had a down year this year, and then you Jacksonville twice a year. That's potentially six losses mm-hmm. for my Titans, probably for the next two or three years that the afc south will have pretty pretty good teams uh, minus my titans so that's that's my biggest surprise no one saw that and and in fact when the texans it surprised me i know y'all were watching the nfl draft as well when they moved up to get will anderson in third i was like oh my goodness oh my goodness this is not good and look at what they did (laughs) the texans the Texans could could challenge, if they do it right this year, they could challenge the Chiefs. And i like to see that. i like to see another team do that. I mean, they had the defensive
2: player of the year and the offensive player of the year. And they uh, should have had the year, coach of the, of the year, too. And C.J. Stroud, just incredible. I mean, I didn't think he would do that well. But wow, what
5: a year for that kid.
2: And so let's go with Bob Swick. Bob, your surprises?
5: Biggest surprise was, which was no surprise to me, Aaron Rodgers inevitably getting injured. I (laughs) would last at least a a game or two, Uh, but in classic Rodgers fashion, he felt like he was 20 years old again on the field. I have no clue why he went to the Jets. Uh, He didn't make a lot of people in Green Bay happy, Um, but whatever. It, It was a surprise to see him getting injured that quickly. Second big surprise, uh, alluding to the Cowboys. I don't know what's the matter with Mike McCarthy in the playoffs. I, it, hmm. He's got deer in the headlight look about him during the game that he loses. Somehow he loses control of the game at the most critical time. I don't. He did it in Green Bay. Now he did it in Dallas again. So I feel bad for him because he's he's a good coach. He's a players' coach. And uh, unfortunately, you know, he, he had a gr- golden opportunity this year to do something, and again, nothing happened. My Packers surprised me. I only picked them for eight and nine. Uh, they came came ahead. Uh, I didn't think they were going to. I didn't even think they were going to get into the playoffs. They end up in the playoffs. Uh, so those were the surprises. But the Rogers thing, I was I literally, I, I literally laughed. You know, not to make fun of the guy, but I just laughed when the whole thing happened. So because I know. You know, being from Connecticut, I know the, the mentality of Jet fans up there, uh, that he was their savior. They were going to the Super Bowl. The season's over. They're going to go something yeah. you know, and uh, And another, another wasted year in, in, in the Meadowlands. So.
2: You never want to see a guy get hurt. You definitely don't want to see that. But I, I'm with you. I think that some people must have chuckled when they saw that because he was so hyped up leading into that season. Yep. Like you said, Savior. And isn't it kind of ironic that Brett Farr went from the Packers to the Jets, had one year there, it was terrible, Yeah, so, yep. and now you have a second Packer.
5: And I, and I don't know why, I mean, other than the Jets being desperate to win anything, you know, figure the Packers got a good, uh, you know, uh, quarterback crew there. So if they want to play for a year or two, hey, if we can get into the Super Bowl. That's all we're worried about. But uh, I, You know, Rodgers really should really think about it. You had a good career. No one to call it. That's it. You know what I mean. So do not to call it. That's that's the problem. So he says. He's so, so does back. that
0: mean Rodgers is going to be a Vikings quarterback in the next two years, <laughs> just like <Harvard?
5: laughs> really <laughs> Or uh, you know, not to really confuse things. He could go to the Lions too. You know, you're in, <laughs> a year with Detroit and a year with uh, Minnesota. There you go. <laughs> Played in the uh, Central Conference. there. So. Well, he, does want,
3: he does want a chance to actually win a Super Bowl again, so maybe for him it'd be good <laughs> on the, riding the bench.
5: Yeah, yeah, I can see that. He'd be holding the clipboard there. Uh,
1: but... <laughs> no, Kyle, you're up, man. All right, sounds good. I, I for my surprises, you know, there's a lot of things that happen this year. I mean, my my dad's a big Dolphins fan, so I follow the the teams that my family follows. Really, um, he's a big Dolphins fan, and you know they they. The Patriots are one of their big arch rivals and the Dolphins just had their number this year. I think that was a pretty big surprise. I mean, kind of, they did get Tyree kill and, and they were breaking records all year long, which was just fun to watch, honestly. Um, but I think one of the bigger surprises to me, I mean, it's a surprise, but not surprise also is the, the coaches that are getting fired. Um, and it's all over the board. It's not just any one team that's getting screwed. It's a lot of people. I mean, Pete Carroll, for example, taking a back seat. Um, he's been, phenomenal as a coach for that team but I feel like he's in his older age he's just kind of losing the touch a little bit doesn't have Russell Wilson to help get him to the Super Bowl anymore Uh, things are just different there but Bill Belichick obviously that's a really big move Um, that's going to change up that conference or that conference or division you know I guess Tom Brady was the real difference maker though right wasn't totally Bill and (laughs) uh, but that's still a big change but then speaking of the Titans you know Mike Rabel getting fired that's a that was probably the biggest surprise for me. I mean, it is a team that has struggled to, to get to the playoffs and be successful in the playoffs. They tend to lose really close games and it always falls on the coach's shoulders, uh, but he's a damn good coach. And I don't, it just, that didn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, and maybe Jeremy you might have some insight on that one, but um, yeah, to me, I think it's coaching this year, but otherwise explosive teams going off and uh, it's been a fun year overall. Greg?
6: I guess the biggest surprise is the
1: Titans,
6: it was like Peyton Place, uh, you know, The turmoil that was going there, and there's rumors the entire year. Uh, my son, Dustin, played with Brable at KC, so they're kind of buddies. And I was kind of surprised. You know, you hear that Brable said he was interested in going to New England, hmm. and then England just came out and said, I don't know if you heard this, Jeremy, but New England administrator said that Vrabel is too tall, too big a, a person. He's too intimidating. <laughs> you think silly. you'd want that kind of guy in front of an agent? And know?
4: look who look who they hired. You're talking about a big dude, mm-hmm. Gerard Mayo's huge.
6: Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah,
4: that makes sense. None of it makes sense. <laughs>
6: that, that that was a big surprise. I'm Will it I'm, I'm a Will Evans fan. I like that kind of energy. Uh, and man he's but he is going to get injured that's my fear so we we need titans need a lot to protect him so i don't know where the Titans are going scared
2: well we're going to move from biggest surprises to biggest disappointments by either a team or player and for me obviously the steelers was a huge disappointment um, I really thought they had a better team this year. We got to the playoffs, but uh, just fell a little bit short. What do you think about uh, for you, Arnie? Biggest disappointments? Team or player?
3: Actually, actually I didn't. I, I don't know why I thought about this later, but going back to the surprises and the Rams and the way that they were able to with that roster and what they did, maybe that kind of alludes to Coach of the Year later. I don't know. But yeah, I just, with Puka Nuka coming out of nowhere, they got that running back. And then, of course, like the way the defense was able to play was really a bunch of nobodies, I guess, other than Aaron Donald. I don't want to say anybody's a nobody because she made it to the NFL. But yeah, that really now that I think about it, that was that was probably my biggest surprise where the Rams came from from where they were. Um disappointments. Um <laughs> I don't I don't really want to ever root for Rodgers just because I don't I I don't like the way he comes off sometimes, but it will I did want to see him in new york with that defense with the potential weapons just to see what it could have been but then to expand upon that the for whatever reason whether it was bad coaching bad gm whatever they handcuffed themselves they were in a position to possibly probably win that division if they could have but then they just wanted to keep putting a sandlot quarterback in the rot the lineup as opposed to maybe go, there's go out and get josh dobbs to your point earlier joe was talking about this guy Maybe, maybe he would have taken them to the playoffs and then from there. I just It seemed like bad judgment call on that perspective. So maybe just the way the Jets organization ran it. Bob, what do you think?
2: You're up, Bob.
5: Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, well, biggest uh, disappointment was, in my opinion, the Panthers spending the entire year with Bryce Young, and he really did not improve at all week to week. Uh, I think they were just so dysfunctional there on the field. And oh with, with his coaching, um, it, it, it was sad to watch. I mean, the guy got beat up week in and week out. Um, and, and again, they weren't, they weren't presenting any program, in my opinion, that made him grow week to week. He wasn't improving whatsoever. And that, that was not a good situation to be in. And I think he wasted a year uh, of his career. They could have brought in a backup quarterback, let him run, uh, let the Backup quarterback, run, run the team, let Young try to pick up and and learn and put him in some situations, play him some games, it would have been a lot better for him. Uh, biggest surprise for me as far as how well the Packers did, uh, I didn't pick it, uh, pick them to go that far. They did. They really surprised me with that.
1: Cal, your biggest disappointment of the NFL season, team or player? I mean, team's probably going to be the Eagles. I mean, <laughs> having already talked about that one record being so hot and then playing so hot. And then one thing changes in the whole team atmosphere changes, like confidence isn't there. I think feel like that was a pretty big disappointment um, and their fans let them hear it too. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of new to the Eagles thing, but um, the story that I saw was um, I think was very true for these fans to be out there. They were outside the Eagles stadium with a sign that said run the damn ball. And uh, Nick Seriani <laughs> sent coffees out to the guy like yeah we see you you know um but i wonder if the offensive coordinator had something else in mind but um yeah so cool move on his part but the eagles just did not pick it up in that second part of the season that's got to be my biggest disappointment and we finish this one up with craig colquitt
6: i'll be real brief aaron Rodgers. i kind of wanted to see what he could do in new york and then he ruptured his achilles tendon and didn't call me <laughs> I ruptured my I ruptured my Achilles tendon and missed a whole year, so I, I know what it's like. So, but the, probably the biggest disappointment is the Niners didn't win the Super Bowl. Mm. So that's, that's that's probably the biggest disappointment.
2: And Craig, you and I, when we talked about that injury you had,
6: I remember you telling me, and you didn't get paid, Isn't that right? Well, the way the NFL contracts are, if you're working off working out off the facilities and you're injured it's called uh, physically unable to perform non-football so I was labeled that but the Rooney's asked me to or Dan Rooney asked me to come to Pittsburgh uh, during the season and let them oversee the the my transit my healing um, and he paid me half my salary but what was interesting when I got to the eighty uh, to the 81 season we had $1,000 left in the bank because oh, I was gosh. paying for a house and an apartment, five kids. So that was a s- stressful time.
2: That's insane to think of what the money, the money that's floating around these days compared to when you were playing. Unbelievable. But that that's testament to the Rooney family. Um, testament. For those who don't know anything about the Rooney family, Darren knows, I know, you know, Craig, um, they're gracious and they're,
6: they take care of everybody even to this day. Just like the Hunts are the same way, Kansas City, the same kind of organization. Let the coaches coach and they'll administrate It's a great system.
2: Well, guys, I'm going to run down the list of awards that just came out and then we'll go back and we'll talk about some of these awards. The MVP went to Lamar Jackson, Offensive Player of the Year Christian McCaffrey, Defensive Player of the Year Miles Garrett, Uh, Rookie of the Year CJ Stroud. Defensive Rookie of the Year. Will Anderson, Comeback Player of the Year. Joe Flacco, Coach of the Year. Kevin Stefanski. I got to come back to that one. Walter Payton, Man of the Year, went to our own Cam Newton. Um, And I'm telling you right now, that Steeler fans are livid that Miles Garrett got that award over T.J. Watts. I mean, T.J. Watt had way better numbers than everything. And meanwhile, Miles Garrett got the award. And then I don't understand. You guys are going to have to explain to me how Kevin Stefanski wins Coach of the Year. Unbelievable. What do you think, uh, Darren? I mean, let's start with
3: Arnie. Arnie, you go first. <laughs> which, which one do you want me to talk about?
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Kevin
3: Stefanski. Are you kidding me? You know, it's funny because you have a biased opinion on that one, but what he was able to do with, a, what is a third-string quarterback, Joe Flacco off the streets, and then what did they beat the Ravens in one of those games, too? The yeah, What about the Marco the, Ryans? <laughs> that was my pick. That like when Or you, your own Dan Campbell. No, I, I don't think Dan Campbell from a coach's perspective the you got to kind of look back at what does the coach of the year mean like you got to look at your roster that you have that's been built for you and what have you been able to do with that roster and how like over to me it's here's your expected outcome and how far over the expected outcome was it and that goes back to your D'Amico Ryan's kind of perspective granted did he play against a weaker opponents in his division probably and that kind of thing and some of the other rosters but I yeah D'Amico would probably be tops when you just when you think about it but uh Stefanski I I gotta give him more credit than you as being a biased individual for what he was able to do still come out in that division or with some of those teams and make the playoffs even though he lost to what you believe in as the coach of the year in the playoffs to make orions
2: well it's just not the because I hate the Browns I mean it has not really has nothing to do with it. but uh (laughs) Darren what do you think how did T.J. Watt not get that award
0: I, I don't know I mean like you said, you have the, the eight or nine uh, major statistics. Uh, TJ Watt was better than Miles Garrett in every single one of those. You know, I was disappointed two or three years ago when Aaron Donald got it over TJ Watt and they mm-hmm. were much closer. I mean, TJ was like, had, you know, beat uh, five of the eight and, you know, Aaron Donald had three that year. I was disappointed in that. This is even more disappointing because I think TJ Watt is that important to his team. I mean, we saw that in the playoff game. They really didn't get much of a pass rush on Buffalo without him. And uh I don't have a problem with the Stefanski thing. Uh, you know, and believe me, I'm not a Browns fan, but I think what like Arnie said it was a good point. You know, he had all his quarterbacks get injured, everything was going wrong for him. The the fan base was going nuts on him. You know, here in Erie we, we hear about what's going on with Cleveland's fan base a little bit. And uh the man held it all together and put his team in the playoffs and had a good run
3: yeah that locker room easily could have fell apart when you're forced to have a 250 million guaranteed quarterback who's a scrub i mean maybe he's talented and everything but like they forced that on him and they for him to be able to pull it off and keep the locker room together i think to me that was impressive
2: joe what do you think no bears or cardinals on that list but what's your thoughts on it
7: no but wait within 20 years maybe (laughs) one of those teams will have one
2: (laughs) <laughs>
7: you know what, Arnie? I thought Campbell might have gotten a run for the coach of the year. Again, I'm looking at it biased as the team has been down for so long. I had a, a friend of mine that we would bet on the Bears and Cardinals for the last 25 years, a dollar a game. So we're high rollers. And I never had to worry about Alliance coach being named as coach of the year. But I thought this year he might might get a little more respect in that area. But the T.J. Watt thing really surprised me. that guy was just awesome. As often as I could see him play, he lives in the backfield. Uh, He just hustles 100%. And the statistics are there, too, as we have more and more statistics that seem to blossom every year. So that that was a big surprise for me.
2: Plus, in the the Houston-Cleveland game, when a playoff game, you would expect your stars to show up. Miles Garrett, I think, had one tackle or one sack, something like that. So believe me, if T.J. Watt would have been playing in that Buffalo game, he would have made his mark i think so so let's go and get uh jeremy's opinion on this
4: oh before i get to that i want to show you this right here <laughs> uh, craig uh my father-in-law was from pittsburgh area and he would be flipping out knowing that you uh, i'm talking to you so wherever he is right now he's grinning and saying i told you so son <laughs> <There> yeah <you go. laughs> My last, Craig, that,
0: that was the helmet you were supposed to have, so you didn't have to wear hand raddies. Yeah,
4: <laughs> it's, it's, it's my, my, my last episode. Uh, Harv was came out, I believe, last week. It was about the awards, and I, I agreed with them. To me, Lamar Jackson was the MVP, there's no doubt. Christian McCaffrey, offensive, and to me, Miles Garrett yeah i agree with it because i did see him play against my titans but tj watt is just a monster too the only one i really disagreed with i believe demiko ryan's deserved it over kevin Sapansky. but when you guys said that about the quarterbacks thing it reminded me demarco demiko ryan's had a solid quarterback pretty much all year round and he didn't have to go to joe flacco so i might change that uh but I don't disagree with the, with the awards. Uh, we had a coach of the year a couple of years ago there in Nashville. And uh, I remember what that felt like. We had the uh, the rookie of the year before, and I remember how that worked out. Uh, so it's the awards don't mean anything until you can back it up year after year after year. Uh, to me, Lamar Jackson has done that in the regular season, not in the playoffs, but the rest of them are pretty solid. All
2: right, Bob, what do you think? My big,
5: my biggest uh, complaint is TJ Watt. I mean, there's there's no reason why he should have not not won. I can't see Garrett uh, Watt, Like you said, all the different categories. I mean, the man is, you know, he's a great player and he should have won. That's that's my biggest uh, gripe of those awards. And I don't. And again, I don't I don't play a lot of uh, attention to them anymore because I think they they become insignificant after a while. You know, because again. Uh, like Jeremy said, what happens, you know, they get picked one year and then you never hear from them again type of thing, you know, so it is what it is, you know, it's it's more ego than anything else. But TJ is a great player. I love watching him, watching him play. Good guy.
2: Yeah. And he he said he refused to go to the award ceremony because he wanted to make a statement that this is going to be motivation for him for next season.
1: Um, yeah, so, Kyle, what do you think? Yeah, I think all the takes here are pretty spot on. Um, I'll just talk about Lamar Jackson and Christian McCaffrey because I think they're probably two of the more obvious award getters in the, in the this season. I mean, Lamar Jackson, if you watch him play, that dude is—he's just a magician with the ball, like and with his feet. He, everything he does is just so fun to watch, um, and I think that's a big part about what the NFL is all about. It's Like, not only can this guy pull off these crazy plays, but he's successful in doing that. Like, he—he he makes completions. He gets the yards with his feet and he doesn't stop. He just keeps going. Um, I love that about Lamar Uh, and Christian McCaffrey, you know, and I'm, when I'm playing Madden on PlayStation, you know, he he is my build, like a fast running back that can do everything out of the backfield. Um, I mean, the reason he gets that award is he impacts the game in so many different ways. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can, he can run the ball like crazy. He's super fast. I think everything that he's got going for him makes him an offensive powerhouse. Um, and so, I, I, I those guys are just really exciting to watch, and I think those were very well-deserved. And, Craig, did you ever win any awards, or did your sons ever win any awards while you were in the NFL?
6: Uh, Dustin was all pro several times. Uh, he was runner-up or nominated for the Walter Payton Award. Mm. Uh, I was – in fact, Watt got it the year that Dustin was nominated, and – I was really kind of surprised Dustin didn't get it because he had much money had raised for uh, kids getting free dental care all over the country in, in, in stadiums, baseball, hockey, football stadiums. It's amazing. The turnout of dentists all volunteer. So, uh, but yeah. uh, And they got the rings, but uh, I'll echo Kyle's McCaffrey. I'm a, I was running back in high school, so I know what, what hits feel like, and many of them during the game. And to watch McCaffrey take those hits, you know, he's a guy that says, I'm being paid $36 million a year. I'm the highest-paid running back in the NFL, and I'm going to prove it. I mean, I, and he's fun to watch. So Lamar, mm-hmm. I was hoping Lamar would go further than he did. Uh, you know, they beat San Francisco during the year soundly uh, so I, I enjoy watching Lamar McCaffrey a lot of players I enjoy so I'm really enjoying football. well we've got
2: uh two more topics before we're going to close discuss- this discussion gentlemen and uh who should have been coaching a year and we already kind of discussed that but did it go to the right guy
3: uh let's start with Arnie oh uh yeah I, I mean I kind of touched upon it earlier I I'm, I can just flip a coin him or D'Amico Ryan. Sure, I could argue for Dan Campbell, but like I said, I think Campbell was a distant third just because of what was expected, the locker room he had already built. If anything, I think he should have got it last year for the turnaround that they did to get into the play. Granted, they didn't make the playoffs, but that was the best second half of a season that you could have from that coming from the depths, Um, quite opposite from the Kyle Richards uh, Philadelphia Eagles from this year. So um, flip a coin, pick it. I don't really care who coach of the year. Like I'm, I'm like with Bob, I really don't care about any of these awards at the end of the day is, did you get a W or did you get the L who's holding up that trophy?
2: Yeah. It's interesting. You say that because as a Steelers fan, you know, everybody loves statistics and 400 yard games and 150 yard rushing games. I don't care about the numbers. I just want the Steelers to have wins. That's the only thing that really counts. What do you think there?
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I think, uh, I think they got the right guy, you know, or, you know, D'Amico Ryans would have been one B to, to Stefanski being one A, you know, you could be interchanged with sort of like what Arnie says. I mean, I think a couple other coaches that didn't really have uh playoff teams, but really did a great job. I mean, Sean Payton, think about the debacle the way their season started and he changed quarterbacks, you know, took a, a Super Bowl winning quarterback, benched him after a, you know, an abysmal loss to Miami. I, I forget what the score was, but it was it was pretty bad. And uh, almost make a run at the playoffs at the end if they don't lose those last couple games. You know, they they might have been in the thick of things. And I think the other thing was the the interim coach with Las Vegas. I mean, he came into a bad situation and really turned that program around so much so that the ownership and the players you know want him to continue being their coach. So I think those those guys did a nice job too.
2: Yeah, Joe.
7: Yeah, I I forgot about the coaching job in Las Vegas, Darren. Yeah, he did a wonderful job at the end of the season. Uh, That that was very impressive. But I guess for Coach of the Year in Cleveland, when you look at bringing Flacco, who'd been out two-thirds of the season, you have two completely different quarterbacks that he had to work with that year last year and was able to get them going and motivated and uh, adjusted to Flacco's strengths there down the stretch, which was quite impressive for me as well. So I guess I don't really have a problem with him being coach of the year.
2: And so Jeremy, what do you think?
4: It's Antonio Pierce in it.
2: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah.
4: It, it, he got son correct. He is now their, their coach. Yeah. Um. Be careful in the West. He is an awesome coach. I, like I said a second ago, I I was thinking D'Amico Ryan's, but I will I will retract that because of the coaching job that he did with the uh,
5: quarterbacks. Bob, I, I I agree with the pick. I mean, I you know again, you have one or the other. He did an, an incredible job with Joe Flacco. Uh, he he did turn that team. You know, worked with that quarterback, made them win. Uh, so yeah, and again, uh, I as it's been said tonight. I'm more concerned with winning the game. You know, I want that one point more than the other team. I want the V I want the W. I don't want to lose. I want to win. I want to win 17 games. I want to win forever. That's it. Yeah, it's so all fun. To be, simple. So you gotta have a coach that wants to, you know, a Lombardi type coach to say, listen, we're gonna win. That's it. You believe in yourself, you go out, you play 110%, and you win the game.
1: Kyle? Yeah, I love that. Got to get the W. Um, you know, I, I guess from coach of the year perspective, I think it probably went to the right guy. Browns have always been kind of a trying to be an up and coming team, and they got Baker Mayfield. I thought that was the guy that was going to take him to the promised land, whatever that looks for the Cleveland Browns. I don't know if it's a Super Bowl, but hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, I think Antonio Pierce is. I, I love his story because him kind of being put into that position. And then being able to turn the the culture in the locker room around and change the attitude of everybody on the team, I think that goes a really long way. I think that's what leads to getting W's. Um, you got you got to start with a good culture in the locker room. Make sure everybody's got a good chemistry. You got to you got to like each other. And you got to love playing with each other. And I think he brought that back to the Las Vegas Raiders. And um, so I'm, I'm partial to that story. So I I could if if they gave it to him, I could see why. But you know, goes to the Browns coach instead. Yeah. So, Craig, before
2: you answer, I've got, got to get your opinion. Of course, Mike Tomlin, your thoughts on him, and
6: then you can respond however you want. What's it? This be a sixteenth year? Seventeen, I think. Seventeen. Right uh, well, I, 17? Met in, I met him. met in Kansas City. That brought me down on the sidelines. I got right out in the field and met him, and immediately, you know, it's that uh, your first contact. Uh, I was really impressed uh, with him. So I like his demeanor. I like his face, you know, but uh, backing up and not just talking about him, I, I started watching Cleveland because of Flacco. So that was an that was, that was interesting uh, turn of things. So, I was watching a lot of football this year, but it would be good to see the Steelers back at it again. Okay,
2: so we're going to wrap this up with one last question. For all you guys, who's your pick for the early favorites to get to the Super Bowl in the 2024 season, Arnie? And you're going to tell me Detroit, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, but that's not just because I'm doing the whole Homer pick. I mean, legitimately, you all saw it. They they should have been in the Super Bowl this year. So I think what they built, the way that they've built from from within and out running game, and then building upon that, they have the coordinators coming back. Um, you know, speaking of the Raiders, and in it goes counterintuitive to what I said earlier about how they built from the draft. But if we would have traded for Max Crosby, we would be looking at the uh silver and blue hoisting that Lombardi right now. Just imagine the Bash brothers, Max Crosby and Aiden Hutchinson. Like just, just try to figure out how to deal with that tandem, you know? It would have been worth the price to pay for the admission, I think, as far as the trade goes. um uh, yes, Lions. Uh I, I've been going back and forth in my head on the AFC. It hit me up after the draft. I, I wanted to say the Ravens and see what happened. I'll tell you what, I always wait. Yeah, not the Titans. No, that's not gonna be uh um what was gonna be on my ball. We're gonna see Derrick Henry in another uniform and we'll see what they do with their rebuilding. And I'm gonna go ahead. I'll just gut feel. I said Ravens, I'm gonna stick with it. Lions and Ravens, Lions beat the Ravens, and we get our redemption from this year. Well, I can tell you one thing. I would not wanna be on the streets
2: of Detroit if they win that Super Bowl. <laughs> What a mess that would be. Uh, Darren, what do you think? Are we going to get there next year?
0: I'd love to say they are, but I, I don't think, I still think there are going to be a few too many players away from being able to win the AFC, but I have sort of a, I don't know if you call them a dark horse, but I like this year. I think Miami is going to make some noise. I mean, mm-hmm. if they didn't have the injuries to receiver that they had, I mean, the way they started off in once they figure out a few things on defense, they could be extremely dangerous and i think they'll give anybody
2: fits uh in the AFC or the NFC if they do that. Yeah, they had quite the scary offense, I'll tell you, they they were lighting people up. Um Jeremy.
4: I think until you can knock off the champions, you're uh, you have to go with that. That being said, I don't see the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to reach a point where they're just salary cap hit, like the 49ers, like I said, when they have to start paying Brock Purdy. Um, and I thought that a couple of years ago, but I kind of see that happening, that you have all these players, you're going to have to pay them or they're going to go. Uh, I think Buffalo, if they can figure out how to get over the hump, they should be up there. Miami is a very dangerous, very dangerous team. The Titans did beat them last year, though, so just to let you know about that. Uh yeah. one of those teams. Mm-hmm. I don't know in the in the NFC, the Lions, the 49ers. Um, I'd love to see somebody from the South move up, but I don't think I think I like to see the Saints do it, but they're not Super Bowl contenders. I just like to see them do well. And uh, you know, I think the Eagles could do it if they put it together. The Cowboys are gonna be always the bridesmaid. So I I I any of those teams to me. Yeah. What do you think, Bob? Green Bay?
5: Uh, I can't ever not say Green Bay because hope (laughs) rests eternally. Uh, So I'll say Green Bay out out of the blue over the Lions. However, I'm going to go with the Chiefs one more year. Uh, I really think they're going to be, I understand all the salary cap issues that are coming up, but I think those guys, the core they got, the nucleus they got with Andy Reid, they're going to say, we can make history, guys. Let's go out and do it. Let's win number three. Let's make it four out of six years. And what an incredible story that will be for the NFL.
1: Kyle? Yeah, all good picks here. Um, I think I'm going to go with the the Niners out of the NFC. I just think they have all the pieces that they really need, and I don't think they're a flash in the pan. I think they're going to go the distance this next year. Um, and that's against the Eagles. I feel like they've got to figure some things out. Cowboys always seem to choke. <laughs> uh <laughs> And the D- Detroit Lions, you know, I, they're they're kind of scary, but I, I think they're new to that that spotlight. So I'm going with Niners out of the NFC. And then I think, man, I, those Dolphins are scary. Uh, just looking at these teams, the Chiefs that obviously are good, I think they might have an off year and the Bills also tend to choke. Uh, so I'm, I think I'm going to go Dolphins Niners, which would be a really fun, uh, explosive Super Bowl for for 2024. The
2: early odds, I heard the early odds today, San Francisco is the favorite to win the Super Bowl
6: next season, according to Las Vegas. Craig, your thoughts? I'm a Dan Campbell fan, so Detroit Lions, you know, I hate the (laughs) – I go – I'm all over the board. Uh, So Detroit Lions, of course, the Chiefs, uh, Andy Reid, Spagnuolo, Spagnuolo, uh, just some ingredients there. It's probably one more year at least. So Detroit and the Chiefs, Super 2- fifty nine.
2: Well, that's unless Taylor Swift can take uh, <laughs> Travis Kelsey out of the country somewhere. That, that dude is the best tight end I've ever seen. What do you guys think? He's amazing.
5: Yeah, it's incredible. Incredible on the field, man. He's, he, he plays. He plays to win. That's what it's all about. He's just unstoppable,
7: like a tank.
2: There's no defense against him. It seems. No.
1: Was it the championship game that he had uh he's like eleven for eleven on receptions or something like that? That was a crazy performance.
3: He's great. It's just funny how when we always talk about greatest and stuff like that, the surroundings, the schemes the quarterbacks are with the stuff like it's just a near impossible
1: task. Seriously.
3: Uh,
2: They're already talking about Patrick Mahomes as the goat and surpassing Brady as the goat, uh not in the near distant future. So we'll see how that pans out. They say he if he can compete Bowl, with then Joe he's Montana. He's right there in the
4: conversation. What'd Joe Montana's better than him in the sense of just pure passer. Now numbers, no. Yeah. But to me it's it's Brady Montana maybe Mahomes.
2: Well, for me Peyton Manning is the greatest quarterback ever. I've always said that.
4: Oh gosh. He was just a technician. I saw him a lot. Yes, he's really really good.
2: (laughs) Hey, listen, we're going to close the show with any final comments you guys would like to make, any plugs you'd like to add for your own shows or projects. We'll start with Arnie.
3: I don't really have any. I just thanks for inviting me, Harv. Um, I guess if I have to give a plug, uh, most of the guys on here are part of the Sports History Network. And if you are interested in starting your own show about kind of sports history, just feel free to reach out to us over at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Darren,
2: you're up.
0: Yeah, uh, just uh, I have a book out, The World's Greatest Pro Gridiron Team. Uh, it's about a 1903 team. Uh, it's on Amazon. Uh, so I, I want to plug that in, uh, YouTube channel and, uh, you know, the, the podcast on SHN. It's a great place to go to hear sports history of not just football, but uh, of all sports. And uh, what better place to do that than to go to sportshistorynetwork.com.
2: Mr. Cardinal, Josiemba.
0: Hey, thank
7: you. Of course, uh, we thank the Sports History Network for allowing us to have When Football Was Football on there. We also have a Facebook site just called Chicago Cardinals, where we cover Chicago Cardinals. And we're on Twitter as well. So uh, also that book that uh, Darren just mentioned about Franklin, it's a good read. I encourage everyone to pick it up.
4: And Jeremy McFarlane like i said we're on the football's family podcast if you want to get on it just get on uh just message me on twitter at jeremy underscore mcfarland and you can get on uh, i'll have you on if you want to even if you don't want to talk pro talk high school talk college uh we have mental health uh month in may if you want to talk that that's a very close subject to me uh you're more than welcome to do that and if you just want to talk um uh, I can, I definitely can listen. Also, we have a Facebook page. It's called football's family on the Facebook.
2: And Bob Swick, uh, editor of the gridiron greats magazine for which I proudly write for. And I thank Bob over and over again for giving that opportunity to write for him for a long, long time. Now, Bob, what do you have to say?
5: Uh, check out our website, gridirongreatsmagazine.com. This past issue, we had a great issue on a great article by Harv on a gentleman who's on the show tonight and his, uh, punting and kicking, uh, exploits. I uh, listen to our podcast when we're on here on the sports history network. And I want to thank Aaron for having us on the sports history network. A uh, great bunch of podcasts, great bunch of guys. I really appreciate being here. And thank, thank you. you,
2: Bob and Kyle, we're, we're doing the recruiting job on you, buddy. Uh, well, hopefully you're going to come back to podcasting, join this great network and, uh, I know you've got the abstract sports site going on. You just re- renovated it, you revised it, uh, and I write for Kyle as well. I'm very proud to be do- doing that. What do you got to say, Kyle?
1: Yeah, first and foremost, I just want to say thanks for the invite to have having me on this show. I think I've, I'm always wanting to get into podcasting again, and it's just such a time commitment that I'm not able to do right now. But I'm I'm pushing for it. You trust me. <laughs> um, when that time comes, I hope to join the Sports History Network. Um, but yeah, abstractsports.com. You can find it, uh, at abstract sports on any of your social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, trying to hit the socials pretty hard this year. Uh, I am a web designer and graphic designer. So I, I tend to put my time and energy into that because I think that's what can really build my brand up the most. So if you want to check out my stuff and see all of Harv's articles, he's written a ton for my website. Just go to abstractsports.com and, and hit the articles page and you'll see a whole bunch from Harv. Yeah, Kyle, for if Kyle's it helps you anything.
2: Capabilities, trust me, everybody that's listening, he does a fantastic job. He, I tried to do my logo and banner on my own, and it was not even comparable to what Kyle came up with. He did a fantastic job. So if you need something like that done, please go see Kyle Richards. Uh, we're going to close it up with uh, Craig Colquitt. And, Craig, I just got to say we're very honored to have you on tonight. I'm very gracious to you for coming on and spending the time tonight. Um, we always love to have a professional football player on, and I understand now you're going to end up on uh, Jeremy's show. So, what do you got to say there, Craig?
6: Well, thank you very much uh, for having me on to start off with. Uh, to plug something, I'm going to plug a friend of mine's book called Heisman's First Trophy, and it's about John Heisman when he was coaching at Georgia Tech and he beat uh, Cumberland College here in lebanon tennessee where i'm from 222 to nothing but it's a history of professional football i think of of college football in i guess it's 1960 and you find out things in there about what it took to get from uh, lebanon tennessee down to atlanta georgia and play that game and you find out 61 players died from injuries that they incurred in professional football prior to the uh, 1916 season. So it's a wow. fascinating read. Heisman's first trophy. So it's an interesting read. But thanks for having me on. You guys are very interesting, and, uh, and you're embedding me even deeper in, uh, in statistics and, and enjoying professional football.
2: Thanks for for coming on there, uh, Craig. It really was a pleasure having you on. So, gentlemen, this concludes our panel discussion. I want to thank all of you for taking part. Hopefully, we have set a precedent for the Sports History Network and that this won't be the final roundtable discussion for this group and other podcasters that make up the Sports History Network. I want to give special thanks to Craig Colquitt for taking time to join us. It was fun having an NFL player at the table, and I would like to give Terry Hanrani a shout-out for providing an intro to the show. Um, I also want to personally give a shout-out to uh darren hayes and arnie chapman because for them they got me started in this business um they helped me get the podcast off the ground my podcast total sports recall which i've been having a blast with and i owe you two guys a lot of credit for our listeners be sure to look up sports history network and check out any of the many podcasts available thanks to arnie chapman for his continued demanding work that has resulted in a fantastic podcast network for arnie chapman darren hayes Jeremy jeremy mcfarland bob swick Kyle Richards, and of course, Craig Cookwood. This is Harv Aronson. And as you listen to this podcast, if you'd like to watch the video of this edition, we'll try to get that up there on the, uh, on the internet, but we will uh, get those links out to you for where this is going to appear. And uh, once again, for a sports history panel convened here, we all want to wish everyone well, and we hope that you will visit each one of our podcasts.